So, so yeah, uh, so we're, we're, we're having a, f- a few drinks down the bottom of the road. Yeah. Uh, with Lewis and uh, uh, Charlotte said she was going to come back and, and sort out tea and things like that. So I said, well, we'll go to the shop and maybe go for one last pint somewhere else. So we went into the Romney Arms, which is, it's the pub in Romney that you, if, you, if you're old enough to go in, you're too old to, to go in. You're old enough to go in. You're too old to go in. Yeah, that's yeah. for the kids. Yeah, yeah, pretty right. much. So I went in there. And we just we just had one in there, and we just thought it was get uh, about about quarter to seven, so the the game was about to start. So it's like right, let's go get out, go to the shops, and, and then get home. So we both said, oh, we'll go, go go to the toilet before we before we leave. So uh, Lewis went in the a cubicle, and I was just, just you know stood at the, the urinal bits. And this guy just comes out of the toilet, didn't flush the chair, and just kind of went, Hi, mate, hi, mate, hi, hi, have you got a big penis? Have you got a big penis? And he was just literally, literally <laughs> leaving, leaning over my shoulder. <laughs> and, and I just went, uh, no, not really, it's a bit disappointing, really, isn't it? And he just went, oh, no, no, it's, it's nothing, no, no, it looks fine, it looks fine, look at mine. He just pulled his tails and I was going, look at that, just wobbling up, up and down like that. Went, look at that, look at that, look at that. I went, yeah, yeah, I'm not looking, I'm not looking. And he was like, oh, I'm not gay or anything, kisses the back of my neck. You are too nice, man. You are far, <laughs> far, far. You've just been harassed sexually. And you're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So Lewis apparently was giggling in the toilet, so he comes out. Oh, so he'd heard it all. He'd heard it all. And uh, he, he comes out, he went, oh, hi mate, have you got a big penis? And he's like, no, 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 you know, Lewis will stand for it. He went, well, look at mine, and he was wobbling it in front of him as well, and he's like, what What the hell is going on here? And we both just sort of went, like, we, need, we need to get out of here. Fucking hell, he's looking to get fucking flattened. <laughs> How old was this lad? I'd say about 17, 18, something okay, like that. Okay, now. And was he fucked? Did he look like pilled up or something? Yeah, well, he'd, he'd, been, in to- he'd been in the toilet office smoking, uh, snorting something. Surprising to have Pilly Willy. Yeah. <laughs> I think he said something about Pilly Willy. I, I remember that now. <laughs> he did. He did. He said something about it. I can't remember what he said. I not even got Pilly Willy look. Yeah, so it was genuinely something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that what was... Uh, that was a night out. That was a night out in Romley. We never go across the two nicest guys in Romley. Anybody <laughs> else would have fucking decked him. <laughs> uh, something similar happened to my dad once when we were in Brighton, and he came out of the toilet in this like in, in mall, and he was just like ashen face. I was like, "What the fuck's happened?" He was like, "Come on, we gotta go. We gotta go." I would. I'd have only been like fucking nine or ten. And uh, yeah, some guy had come out, had uh, walked into the toilet, stood next to me in the cubicle, and started looking down at his junk. And then, and then my dad was like getting freaked out, moved one urinal over, tried to finish his piss, and this guy was just staring at him and started whacking off. <laughs> and he was like, "Fucking!" He just he just panicked and left. <laughs> That's funny, fucking hell. He's like, "Have you got a big dick?" Yeah, I'm like, "Well." <laughs> What's it to you, you fucking perv? Get fucked. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. He wasn't being horrible, which, which probably helped. He you know, wasn't that scary. It was just, it, I, I, some people, I, you know, if I knew I was on my own, it'd probably feel even weirder. The fact that I knew Lewis was in, in the cubicle listening to it all. Ah, oh, dear. Anyway. Okay, now. <laughs> I've got an understanding of what it's like to um, share a bed with me now. Because um, 
on there, what was it? Like Friday night, um, I woke up like dead suddenly and I thought I heard someone. Um, I thought I heard someone shouting for, for help. Right. So I, was, I woke up and I was like, oh, dead at night. I was like, I must have fucking dreamt it. <laughs> and then I closed my eyes and I just heard, help! I was like, fucking hell. Jumped out of bed, went into the cupboard to get me back out. <laughs> I thought there was somebody in the front street asking for help. Right, okay. And then I was like, and I was half asleep and I was like, fuck. And I was like quickly pulling my pants on, like pulling some pants on and getting my back to go out downstairs. And then and then I was like, and I thought, I wonder if it was my grandma. And that's so why I came out, I came out on the line and I was like, grandma, grandma. And I just did, Yes, love. I was like, hey, were you shouting? And then she didn't say anything. I was like, well, it's not my grandma. Is it? And then she opened the door and she and I thought she said, sorry, love, you must be getting mixed up. Right. But Fatima had woke up and she heard my grandma say, sorry, love, it was me. I was getting mixed up. So it was my grandma shouting, somebody help. But right. I, because I was half asleep and in the days, I thought she said I was getting mixed up. So I was going downstairs. I was going downstairs to run outside. To, I don't know, be the hero. <laughs> this is how people end up in prison, mm. running outside with a baseball bat and the night half asleep, yeah. end up decking some 80 year old bloke, <laughs> just have, having a little spat with his wife, <laughs> killing him. <laughs> but yeah, and then that fact, I was like, What are you doing? What are you doing, Ross? It was your grandma. It was your... I was like, What? What? It was it? What? No, she said it wasn't. She said that I was getting mixed up. She was like, No. She said that she was getting mixed up and she, she woke up and didn't know where she was and started shouting help. I was like, Oh, right. <laughs> Fucking hell! It took about half an hour to get back to sleep because my heart well, you, was like. See, you, you twatted your grandma with a baseball bat. <laughs> Go to sleep, bang. You <laughs> uh, know, I thought, is this what it's like sleeping with me? Yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah. everyone welcome back to another episode of the simon and ross podcast joined as always by my esteemed friend and colleague mr simon parker from across the pennines hello all right from across the hollywood mountains this sort of marks the end of another series today doesn't it I, well i mean it is it is the longest series we've done yeah in in regards to uh, from starting it and uh, and episode wise it's a lot of films isn't it a lot of lot of films so today's yeah. is going to be on Tarantino's um, latest film. Yeah. Hopefully not his final film. I don't think he's got one more in him yet. Thanks. So. But his latest film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Can't wait. So let's get to it. So Ross, did you enjoy the film? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so I I hadn't watched this film um, yeah. prior to doing this podcast. It was just it was it was the one that got away. Yeah. And uh, and I kept meaning to, and it's quite an undertaking, isn't it? Because it's it's another long one. It's another longy. Yeah. And I thought I must fucking get round to watching it, but Simon put me off. Um, because he went to see it on, I don't think it was on release day, wasn't it? Yeah. Cinema. Yeah. And you were just like, it's shit. 
don't bother it shit and when someone says that it's not even like oh you might like it personally it wasn't like no it was just it shit it was a waste of two and a half hours i was bored out of my mind i was so angry as well and i was like oh well that fucks that then doesn't it And, and the thing is when i've seen bits of it it didn't grab me no it didn't seem to have the magic that a Tarantino film has where you can take 30 seconds of any dialogue from yeah. any character at any point and it's going to be quite good. Didn't seem to have that. So I was like, I, I've sort of put it on the back burner and thought, you know, I'll, I'll get round to it and, and this yeah. was the perfect time to do it. But yeah, um, I have got mixed feelings about it. Yeah. Like I don't outright hate it or anything like that. Um, I watched it over two days. Right, okay. I watched the first half and then watched the second half the following day. And I was actually um, really looking forward to jumping back into it. I, I stopped watching it at the point where Rick Dalton is on set and he meets that little girl. Yeah. And um, he's like, she's reading a book and he's reading something and she sort of... Easy breezy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was, the, that was the point where I, 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 I paused it. And I, I was really looking forward to getting back to it. Um, I think my issue is I don't think it really went anywhere. I, I, did, I purposely avoided researching too much into what it was about. I think it's quite nice when you step into a film. Yeah. Very rare is the case where you can step into a film from an esteemed director that you know and love without knowing anything about the film. Yeah. So I, I, I know it was like sort of Hollywood pop culture, like old sort of 1970s Hollywood and pop culture with a lot of famous faces and references and yeah. cameos and all this and that. but that was it as the film went on i was thinking there were some good moments but it was really tough going it wasn't particularly enjoyable the things that i did enjoy were probably things that most people wouldn't enjoy okay like the set yeah how they'd made hollywood look like it did back in the 60s and 70s pop culture references and Bruce Lee popping up and the sort of fictional interpretations of real life events. Yeah. Because, you know, Bruce Lee saying that he beat Muhammad Ali apparently had been said. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually quoted from uh, his wife's book. Yeah. Him having, and Tarantino was overheard, you know, he he's met Bruce Lee and he's saying, oh, I, I heard him saying shit like that all the time. He was actually quite an arrogant man. Right. Okay. To betray him that way, you know, <laughs> how, how it, where, you know, whether that's accurate or not. But yeah, I just felt like it was... Um, I didn't know it was all building up to the Sharon Tate murder. Um, I didn't know it was building up to that. So I, I, I was actually... I, I read about that when I read... I read a book called Easy Riders, Raging Bulls, and it was about right. the old Hollywood studio system. And it's, that fits quite nicely within the context of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. So I'm aware of... Polanski. I'm aware of Sharon Tate and I know that Sharon Tate and a lot of her friends were butchered uh, by the Charles Manson cronies. Yeah. I know about all that, but I didn't actually know the film was building up to that. Um, and obviously it's not the way it went down in no. real life because Sharon Tate was murdered. Yeah. Um, but uh, before I carry on, you've you obviously backtracked on your opinion on this. Yeah, definitely. Now you've, you've said you really like it. I do. <laughs> So what's changed from the second time from the first time? I think well my 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 first problem is I didn't know that much about Charles Manson at all. I knew I knew of him. I didn't know any details of any of it. 
Right. Uh, I knew he was a, a cult leader, but that was about it, really. I didn't know he had any um, anything to do with any of it. So I thought the film was going to be about Charles Manson more uh, and, and explain a bit more about him. Um, but ultimately, he's only in the, in in the final cut of the film. He's only in it for for one scene. And I was going to say he did have some more scenes, didn't he? But they were yeah. cut, and they were all cut. And and I think it's a bit, little bit of a shame that they cut some of them out because it did delve into his backstory a little bit better. Um, yeah. So I, I I was I was <laughs> I was in a mixture of same as you, not an awful lot happens really um and not understanding what was going on anyway and the sort of final twi- the twist if if it would be a twist if anything is is that the only bit that I knew happened then doesn't happen in the film so i just can and and i thought i thought i, I genuinely thought it just doesn't go anywhere it's leading up to this big thing that sort of doesn't happen even though it did in real life. So I, just, I sort of left angry and confused <laughs> about it all. Now, obviously, I, I then started investigating. I read a couple of books on Charles Manson, re- watched every kind of documentary you could find um, uh, about it, and it all kind of, every time I've learned a bit more information, it all kind of clicked into place. And it's like, oh, right, that happened because, right, okay, yeah, no, right, I get that bit now. That explains why that happens. Right, right. So then I watched it when it was released on uh, Blu-ray and I went into it with a different set of eyes because I knew some of the backstory behind it. And it's actually probably, I I would say it's probably his most well-researched film in regards to, like you say, the bit players and the 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 cameos that pop up, a lot of that was all true. Um, you know, uh, Steve McQueen was at the uh, was at the Playboy Mansion with them, and it, you know, it, it's just I think it's really well researched. Doesn't Tarantino, necessarily Tarantino's stayed there a few times, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um... And and they, they 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 had to because Hugh Hefner had died in between. It took him a long time to get the rights to to film there, uh, as well. Apparently, um, Steve McQueen was um, due to visit uh, Sharon Tate the night she was murdered. Really? Um, yeah, but he did, but he didn't for whatever reason he didn't. But he's he's since said that um, he was actually you know his intention was to go and see her that night. Mm. Um. So Steve McQueen could quite easily have been a victim as well. Yeah. No. Well, the the, the 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 whole sort of. I was wondering, it didn't click when I was watching it, when, um, what's it called, Cliff, yeah. Brad Pitt's character, when he when he goes to the um, <laughs> ranch, there's obviously something fishy, and there's obviously, like, they don't like him prying. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't apparent to me in the moment that he was, he'd gone to Charles Manson's ranch. Right. Um, it, it wasn't all that clear to me because I knew that I knew that Charles Manson was going to be involved in the film in some way and that yeah. it was leading up to Sharon Tate's murder or at least I thought it was at the time um, but that whole bit with Cliff I was like what is it nothing happens 
No. He sort of, you don't see Charles Manson. Um, he beats the shit out of one of the guys. Yeah. Um, I, I believe the guy that he, the guy that he kicks fuck out of, um, had actually murdered the ranch owner or one of the ranch hands. Right. Okay. Um, and the location of the body. So when 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 the when the Manson crew took over the ranch, they killed someone. Right. Okay. And it was one of the guys who worked on the ranch, and they cut him up and buried him in different parts. Right. Okay. Around the la- around the ranch, and the location that they buried him is actually shown on the film, and the guy that Brad Pitt beats that beats up is actually the guy who killed that ranch hand. Right. Okay. Now none of this is shown in the film. No. But in the background behind the car, apparently, is the exact location where the body was actually right found. Yeah. Because years later, as part of a deal, the, the guy um, agreed to show the location, one of the locations of where the part, body parts were. Wow. Right. Okay. Didn't know that bit. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know that bit. There's lots of like, because it's quite a, it's quite a rich film in terms of like if you're into that sort of thing, mm. and it's quite rich of like reference. It's, it's a little bit of a part of me thinks it's a bit of a Tarantino toss off. Like, because he's obviously like lives and breathes it. He loves yeah. it. I just feel like Tarantino gets far derives far more pleasure out of a lot of this stuff than what your average Tarantino fan or film viewer would potentially. Because I don't think he delivers a lot of what a Tarantino fan would expect from that. No. Again, for better or worse, because it's still been quite well received. Yeah, as a film it hasn't bombed, but it won't go down in the history books in the same way that. Pulp Fiction and I mean no. even Kill Bill you know yeah. films like that um, they're going to be and Inglorious Bastards and Hateful Eight are going to be remembered I feel for longer than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah but I would say in, I, I think I think Leonardo DiCaprio is pretty awesome in it yeah he is and um, it, it, it's <laughs> what's the, what, the, I think the expression is that I'm looking for it's a, it plays it all a bit understated doesn't he um, he's obviously on the verge of some sort of breakdown or realizing that he's supposed completely... to be bipolar, right? Okay, all right, well, there you go. So, he's um, so so DiCaprio struggled quite a lot, um, yeah, with, with, with them trying to have a solid ground for the character, yeah, and he was struggling to like try and understand because like DiCaprio likes to put a lot of himself in and a lot of improvisation in, and he was struggling, yeah, because he couldn't really understand the character. And then Tarantino had told him, well. We're not going to say it outright, and he's not going to be diagnosed in the film. But but it, but the idea of his character is he is bipolar, and as soon as he said that, the Capra said, "All oh, right, well that gives me something far more tangible to get hold of." Right, okay. and the whole the whole idea of um, Rick forgetting his lines on set and then going into the caravan, the the trailer, and skitsing and shouting at himself and chastising himself is all DiCaprio. Yeah, that's all like his idea. The, the, the trailer scene was completely improvised. Yeah. Um, and this idea of him forgetting his lines was a way for DiCaprio to stay in character, which is a bit sort of ironic. Yeah. An actor forgetting his lines to help an actor stay in character. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a bit weird, isn't it? But that but that... that the whole that whole scene plays out so well. The actual the actual bit that's part of the program. For a little while you forget 
and I think I think it's perfectly timed because it you almost forget that you're watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You think you're watching Lancer, yeah, in that time, and you get quite involved with it. And it's filmed really well, and the movement around the table as they're talking, and then the moment he fucks up his lines, you go, "Oh no, I'm watching, I'm watching this film." Yeah, it it talks sort of lifts you out of it, doesn't it? Uh, and then what what it's it, he's almost lost you once he does that you forget you, you remember that you're watching once upon a time in hollywood again yeah i think it's quite clever the way it does it well i think rick dalton is like albeit is is a is very limited in his acting skills is is yeah. he's good at what he does but that's yeah. all he can do yeah and he, you know there's there's a lot of actors in that situation that position where they were once a lot better and had more prospects. Yeah, but they were not only were they were were they aging themselves, and then and then newer actors and younger actors and better yeah. looking actors are coming in. The genre itself was becoming a bit tired. Yeah, so you had a lot of guys who were at faced with either moving into television, mm-hmm. which at the time wasn't as glamorous or as big. No. Now, fucking anyone will do yeah. a Netflix series. Yeah. You know, it's bigger than cinema almost, isn't it? It's streaming. Yeah, it was frowned upon until very recently. Yeah. Um, So back then it was sort of like you're on your way out, basically. And if you didn't go that route, you'd find yourself being in films as the the antagonist. Yeah. Or the aged police chief sending the young guys out. Yeah. On missions as town. The guy that gets shot on his last day before retirement. Yeah. And they're no longer the sort of the the, the leading man. Yeah. Um, And that's the position that, that Rick Dalton is in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he plays that really well, and you, you you get that feeling from it. And he's not even that old; he's not even no. that washed, really. Um, but that's how ruthless it can be, you know. And I love the I love the bit in that scene in the trailer where he's chastising himself for having eight whiskey sours or whatever he has. Yeah, you couldn't just have two; you had to have eight fucking whiskey sours. Yeah, <laughs> it looks fucked, doesn't he? I, well, he's I, like, he's I, like, Coughing his guts up, and he's just like, it's like, Christ, he looks off. Watching him all that time, you, you start to feel a bit ill. Yeah. You sort of feel hungover. You feel hungover for him. Yeah, you do. And yeah. You know what it's like to feel like that. You know what it's like when you, you're you either on the verge of spewing or you know, shitting yourself or something. Yeah. And he's trying to, you know, make a, a TV program feeling like that. Yeah, and the bit where he's got his face in the ice, you, you just you, you we've all been there, <laughs> you know. You just, I've just got to sober up now. I've got to feel better now. It's this really important. But yeah. I, I, I had eight whiskey sours last night, and I shouldn't have done. <laughs> yeah, you feel you feel the dryness of of what it would be like to especially feel. when he lights a fag. It's like oh yeah, why are you doing that? Yeah. I remember when I used to smoke and you'd be hung over and you'd like tell yourself that you, you want a cigarette the following day and you're rough as fuck and the minute you light it and talk it, you go, this was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to force it because I'm not wasting it. Yeah. <laughs> Feel even worse just for the sake of not wasting a rolling. I think as a, as a as a film that I was, you know, it, it didn't quite deliver as an enjoyable film, if I'm honest. Um, 
it's why it's it's why i said to you you probably could do with watching it three times before we do this i'm gonna leave it a bit before watching it a second time because because it's just it's too you know you left it what you probably left it over a year about a year yeah yeah Yeah. so there's no point in me just starting watching it again because i'm gonna have the exact same opinion um but uh yeah, but I, but I think now you know how it ends, and and you sort of know that not an awful lot happens because you're what you're watching it the first time, waiting for that something to happen. I think it, it's quite freeing once you know that nothing does happen particularly. Well, the last scene is carnage. Oh, like that, that when 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 Cliff <laughs> just sets his dog and the screams and the <laughs> flamethrower and the all that is is that's like Tarantino. That is right. This this is a Tarantino film after all, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I'm really worried for Cliff because you know he smokes those mushies and you know that the Manson crew are are close by. You're thinking, oh God, if there's one person that you really want on this night, it's someone like Cliff. Yeah. Tripping his nuts off. (laughs) And it's like, well, how? How is is he is he just going to be fucked? I didn't know. I thought is Cliff going to get killed because he's just tripping and he doesn't think yeah. any of it's real. The, or the, is the actually... one guy that could stop them all is too fucked to do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. But you re- you realize he's he's still aware that it is real and he just he just clicks for his dog, yeah. doesn't he? And his dog just latches onto that guy's nuts, <laughs> and it's like oh fucking hell, you hear it squelching. Yeah. It's like the fucking Samuel L. Jackson hit for later all over again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, and then it's just like constant screams yeah. from everyone, isn't it? <laughs> it's so satisfying, though, isn't it? Because you you know they deserve it, yeah. And, you, and at that point, you know it's going to happen. I, oh, when he's smashing that girl's face against the telephone, yeah, it's so satisfying. He smashes it off everything, yeah. <laughs> off absolutely everything. Well, and I always think like. It's quite strange, like the idea that you know, like, because obviously it's it's their last night together, really, isn't it? They're having a celebration because it's yeah. the end of their work professional relationship, yeah. and like you know, they've been out, they've got pissed, they've got home, they're going to have more drinks. Yeah. If it was if you're with your mate and you decided to go home together and carry on the night and carry on drinking, one of them decides to go walk his dog on his own, and the other one decides to float around on a lilo with his headphones in the swimming pool. It's like. They've both just gone the separate ways for the re- for the evening. That struck me as a bit odd. You'd, you'd think yeah. that like DiCaprio would be there, you know, Rick Dalton would be there saying, "Right, what do you want to drink?" Um, yeah, you know, let's carry on this thing. But no, take, take the dog out in the morning. He'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just <laughs> let him run around in the back. Yeah, whatever. So uh, yeah, but I think I think as well the from from what I've read and from what I've I've watched a couple of things about it that. The, the actual the actual character of Cliff Booth is sort of an amalgamation of quite a few different stuntmen that worked in Hollywood around that sort of time, and but specifically, the the idea he uh, Tarantino got from working with um, Kurt Russell, apparently he he very early on had to work with Kurt Russell on something, and he overheard a conversation where he said, look. I've got my stunt guys here. If he's worked with me on every film that I've ever done, is there anything he can do? And they're like, "What? There isn't anything that needs him." So I said, "Look, can you just can you just suit him up and just put him in for something?" Yeah. And apparently, Kurt Russell had that same stuntman most of his yeah most of his career. Um. So apparently, it's based a lot on that. 
Yeah, most of it is. Most of the thing, most of the conversations, most of the thing is is from somewhere. Yeah, it's based on something. Um, I think that um, which is why I think it's one of his most well researched films he's ever done. Yeah, the, but that, that, that's uh, yeah, uh, that's why it's a bit of a Tarantino nerd fest. Yeah, yeah, because he's just gone. It feels like he's gone so deep. And when you when you read when you read facts and stuff about it, you know, and you research just like we have with every film, yeah. sort of. Um, some more than others. Um, you you it, you find very quickly that a lot of this stuff is really, it's like oh this 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 thing happened in the sixties and we wanted yeah. to reference it in some way. Yeah. The one thing that I I found that, um, when Margot Robbie goes to watch uh her film, yeah, and she puts her feet up on the on the seats, and that's actually you know rather than reshoot. Margot Robbie in a Sharon Tate film as Sharon Tate. They actually yeah. used the original film, right? And uh, when she put her feet up, the first thing I thought was, fucking hell, the bottoms of her feet are dirty. Yeah. But apparently Sharon Tate was known for walking around barefoot. Right, okay. And she also used to put little, um, she, used to, she used to draw little straps on her feet so it looked like, when she got to restaurants, it looked like she was wearing shoes. <laughs> but she wasn't. Right. Okay. So she, like she was known for walking around barefoot. So she will have absolutely filthy feet. Yeah. So when Margot Robbie puts her feet up on the thing and she's got dirty feet, that's because ah, Sharon Tate right. will have done. And it's stuff like that where it's like, okay, now, yeah. like to spot that and got like you've got. I'm sure if you know that and you then you'd be buzzing your tits off. But yeah. how many people are gonna? And the film is filled with stuff like that. Yeah. Where it's like, if I understood every single reference. Yeah. I'd probably be like be buzzing off it. Yeah. But I think a tiny percentage of people yeah. are gonna be aware of all of these references. It's not until you go off and you start reading about it all. Well, that's exactly why I struggled with it the first time, because I didn't get any of these references. Yeah. And it's only since going back and 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 looking at it and reading about you know the Manson murders and the little little bits of Hollywood around that time that you get it every time you watch, you go, ah, right, that's why. Right. Okay. Makes perfect yeah. sense now. Yeah. But I, I would argue it's not necessarily a good thing that you need to be reading two books, watch all yeah. documentaries to enjoy exactly. a film properly. Well, exactly, exactly. And that's the that's the thing. It's like some of it I was familiar with from books I've read in the past and yeah. studying film and studying um Hollywood cinema yeah. during that era. You know, it gave me a slightly different appreciation for certain things. Yeah. I still wouldn't go as far to say I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the anticipation of the second half, but was just, but just had more of the same. Yeah. So I'd probably give it a on if, on on the enjoyment scale. If 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 ten is Inglorious Bastards, yeah, I'd probably give Once Upon a Time a five. Okay. So it's not like I think it's awful and I, it was a massive waste of time and no. I can't wrap my head around it. I don't feel that strongly or that negatively about no. it. But it's half as good <laughs> as the best, I would say. Uh, and almost twice as long as a lot of the others. Yeah. And you I think, think it's, it's 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 got to be a... I feel like it's a... It'd be a, 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 and a I can't help but think I'm missing something because it's got a star-studded cast. Yeah. And you think... If I, you know, you're writing this script and all these people are reading it, and obviously they were maybe they just trust Tarantino. Yeah. But you just think you'd read it and you'd think, what's this? 
This isn't what I was expecting, Quentin. <laughs> but then I think, well, you know, obviously people. I mean, if you're going to work with Tarantino, then you fucking you just you just do it, won't you? He's got his favourites, and he's got. I mean, I think it was, the, was it the first time he worked with Brad Pitt. Uh, no, he's in. Uh, oh, he's in Glorious Yeah, it's the first time Brad Pitt and DiCaprio have worked together, I believe. It's it's definitely the first time the first time they're both in Tarantino film together. Yeah, I think it's the first time they've actually worked together on right, film. Okay. And I think the I quite like the sort of connection between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even though sort of one of them is broke, you know, like Cliff is skin and he's living in a trailer park with him and his dog. Yeah, it's like you see the sort of contrast between him driving Cliff's car for him, and then getting in his old banger yeah. and driving that back to his trailer. <laughs> I thought the um, the idea of um, Cliff and and why um, people don't trust him because he apparently murdered his wife, and you just see that scene of him on this like scuba trip or whatever yeah. on well, this that... boat, and his wife just sounds like a like she's just having a go at him yeah. constantly, and he looks like he's just. It, he looks like a man who's had years of that. Yes. And he's absolutely at his wit's end. Well, the, and he's, the, he's, he's, got a, he's got a harpoon. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just sat there just listening to her and looking at her and she's having a go at him and the harpoon just... It's not even... He's not even pointing it at her. No. It's just the harpoon is pointing at her. Yeah. <laughs> not because yeah. he's aiming it, but just because uh, of the way he's sat. And it's like... Yeah. It's funny because it doesn't show it, but you know he's literally just squeezed the trigger. <laughs> Well, <laughs> he hasn't moved or anything. He's just decided to squeeze the trigger in the heat at the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, not not to spoil the illusion, but the, the book of which I genuinely do recommend you what you read. It goes into that a lot more detail. Oh, really? It go, yeah. So it, so it explains what happens. Um, he 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 basically, you know, the bit where. The Caprio is saying to um, Kurt Russell, who is a fucking war hero. Yeah, um, he, he is. He, yeah. he he basically helped. And that's why he's got all these skills. Yeah, it's obviously. A he helped the, the, the book, the the film that they talk about, the 12, 12 guns of whoever it is. That is unofficially a book of Cliff's life in in the in the war, but. He, I think he makes a mistake and doesn't doesn't he doesn't own the story of his life basically. So the film is made about him, and then he ends up working it on it on that film with Rick Dalton. Right. But nobody really knows it's actually about him. I see. Um, and he 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 basically is a he is a killer. That <laughs> um, Brad Pitt's character is a killer. He he, yeah. he will kill if he has to. Yeah. Um. And it, so he's, do you want me to tell you what happens on the boat? Yeah. <laughs> so he's sat there and literally, as it describes in there, he he glances the, the trigger. Yeah. Sends it through her, splits her in half. <laughs> and he, he immediately obviously regrets it. And he is there on the boat trying to sort of hold her together, even though she's in two separate parts. Right. And she just she bleeds out, and he, he apologizes and says how much he loves her and regrets doing it. And then I think he turfs the body over the the, the side. Does he go to prison for it? Oh well, he must do because everyone no. knows it. Oh no, he wasn't. He was no. found not guilty, wasn't he? Yeah, it, it, it there wasn't evidence. Um, yeah, there wasn't enough evidence to say that he did it because it was just her. But but that's based on um, uh, Nat- uh, Natalie. 
in Bruglia? No. Porter? No. Uh, no. Um, Portman? No. <laughs> no. Anyway, the, uh, the, the Robert Robert Wagner, uh, the actor Robert Wagner, he was the basically the same thing happened to him and his wife. His wife disappeared. And right. She was. Um, she was. She was a famous act, actress herself. Uh, I think she was in the Birds. Um, but yeah, and she just she disappeared off off the boat. Oh, so she was last known to be on a boat with him. Yeah, and, she, and then yeah, she right. Yeah. Okay. And everyone allegedly, sorry, I'm, I'll, I'll add, thinks that he did, but is is just always got away with it. Right. Okay. Hmm. Because you do, because he also Cliff also seems like quite a decent bloke as well. Yes. Yeah. It's not like is you know you don't really see much of him. It's just him. Um. You know he has the opportunity to like, he's like eyeing that girl up from the Manson clan. Yeah. And he keeps seeing her, and he keeps seeing her, and she obviously's got she's obviously got the hots for him, and she's yeah. like you know she's 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 a fit lass, and if she finally gets in the car with him, and she asks if he wants a blowjob, yeah, and he's just like. You could tell he's like kind of up for it, but then he's like, How old are you? And she's yeah. like, old enough to be giving you a blowjob. And he's like, She's like, How old are you? And he was like, Not old enough to go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> getting a blowjob from someone as you <laughs> as as young as you, you know. I, I ain't going to prison for 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 young poontang. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Underage poontang. Yeah. yeah. And it's like he does sort of do the right thing in that he, you know, you don't really know, like. He goes there because he finds it all a little bit suspicious that there's yeah. a group of people at the Span. Is it Span? Span Ranch, yeah. Span Ranch. Um, and he's like, it's almost like he's got to see it for himself. It's like, there's no way that Span would have allowed this to happen. And you, are, you, you expect Span, that you sort of expect his body to be there. Yeah. But he is actually just asleep and it, it sort of tell, pretty much tells him to fuck off. Yeah. You know, what are you trying to help me for? I'm fine, fuck off. Yeah. Do you know who was originally going to play him? Uh, yeah, it was someone who died, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was um, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, he he'd read for it. He he he'd. Um, I think it was literally a couple of days before he was about to film it. He was learning his lines for for that scene. Right uh, when he when he died, somebody uh, else died, didn't he? Um, thingy Perry Perry. Um. Yeah, Luke Perry. Yeah, Luke Perry. That was his last well. thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the the weird the weird connection is that you know the you know the TV show that they're both watching at home, and he goes, "Oh, here's my bit." FBI one. Yeah. Yeah. That is a genuine episode. I've now watched that episode. Right. <laughs> and it's scene for scene. It's identical. Um, they had to find. They found the exact van that was the used. Truck, yeah. Uh, they found it. It was the van that was in it. They just they just cleaned it up, didn't they? Just cleaned it up, yeah. uh, and they found a very similar truck to the other one. So it's a genuine episode that you can watch, <laughs> and the character that Rick Dalton is playing in that episode was played by Burt Reynolds. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it cuts to it, and you and you can see you can just see it and. It, you don't realize how clever that scene is <laughs> when you're watching it because it's a genuine episode and they literally just film they, they use the same type of film and cameras that they used for that so it doesn't look too different when you actually see it 
Um, it's one of the first Tarantino films to use pretty much every available type of video film that that is around. It's all different cameras, different lenses to replicate what what yeah. what they used. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a it's like a bit, a bit of a film nerd's film, isn't it? It is. It is. And is that a good thing or not? Like the fact that you can get all this sort of joy out of going away and I mean they've obviously done something right because you've wanted to read about it. There's enough intrigue there. Yeah. Well, I need to learn about this. I want I want to understand it more because it is a Tarantino film and he hasn't done a bad one really. No. Not no. really. He's done some like I say. The death proof is a bit questionable, but 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 everything else he's done is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you kind of want to get it. You want to fully understand. I, I want. I wanted to get what I didn't get. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. watched it the first time. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm I'm almost there. I mean, I could probably read another twelve books and still not quite be there. Mm. Well, but, you've got to understand the studio. Yeah. System in the in in the seventies to sort uh-huh. of really wrap your head around to get a full appreciation of all the different people and where they were in the career at that time and how yes. they actually. You know what they were to the characters that you see in that that are portrayed in that. You know yeah. what was he to shout? Who was he to shout it? And yeah, you know what, what, the more you understand that, the more you can spot little. It's basically full of Easter eggs. Yes, <laughs> it's just chock full of Easter eggs. And some For people, people that care about that sort of stuff. Yeah, some people love that shit and other people don't. And you know, as I do to a degree, but I have to be really invested in the product. Yeah, to go looking for Easter eggs, and I've got to be passionate about the Easter eggs. Yeah, but I'm I'm not, you know, particularly sort of passionate about. Uh... But I, th- I think I think as well the, it's just little things, and you're exactly right. The the guy that plays, um, so the guy that's playing Lancer, who's played by Tim. I always I always never quite. I always think I'm saying his name wrong, but I think it's Oliphant. <laughs> I think his name is Timothy Oliphant. Um, but he's playing he's playing James Stacy, isn't he? That that's the other the other guy, but he's Lancer. Well, you know what happened to James Stacy, don't you? Yeah. Well, that it, it's it's but the last time the last time you see him is driving off on his moped. Yeah, moped <laughs> on his motor. <laughs> um, but yeah, he 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 had a, he had an accident and lost his arm and his leg. And his girlfriend died. Yeah. Just like, wow. And the last time you see him in the film is riding off on his bike. Yeah. So that and oh, yeah. and and I only understood that this last time. Yeah. Like, oh, How shit. many times have you watched it? Five or six. <laughs> have you really? Yeah. I, I, every time I watch it, I I, I gain more from it. Uh, um and I, it, it, I'm at the stage where it just, I just let it all wash over me because I think it is so good now. And I was so wrong. I, should, I shouldn't have told anyone not to watch it. I should have told everyone to watch it. Did you feel like you betrayed? I do, I do because I, I was so adamant. I was so angry for, for weeks <laughs> that I'd wasted my time watching that film. And I told anyone that asked me, you know, did you enjoy it? No, shit, it's boring. Nothing happens. <laughs> but I was wrong. <laughs> was well, so... uh, you were right at the time. Yeah. And and you know, it's it's not too far from I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was shit, don't bother. Yeah. Um, but I would heavily caveat it if someone was gonna watch it. Yeah. 
like I know that I was speaking to I was speaking to Guy the other day and um we were talking about you know because he's been listening to some of our Tarantino episodes yeah but he hasn't yet seen the hateful eight right okay and I was like stop dicking around yeah <laughs> just watch, watch it. that film cancel everything else that you do in but if it was like that. if it was like you know somebody hasn't seen hateful eight or once upon a time I'd be like if you're gonna you know do not pro- prioritize once upon a time no. because you might watch that and be it so disappointed you that you won't yeah. watch hateful eight do it the other way. Make sure you watch Hateful Eight because yes. you're guaranteed to watch another Tarantino film after that. And it but doesn't matter then. I think that was part of the problem as well because it, because I didn't, I wanted to go and see Hateful Eight at the cinema and I didn't. And then when I watched it, I just, all I thought was, I should have seen this at the cinema. I yeah. should have seen this at the cinema. So I made sure I went to the cinema to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> I should watch this at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I... There's certain films that I'm not really... I go to the cinema mainly to watch blockbuster-style films. Yeah. And it's because it's that loud that it doesn't matter if someone's being noisy. Hair right, right. is not a loud film. Okay, no. It's a very quiet film. Yeah. And I would be sat there raging if people <laughs> were, like, talking. or And it requires your attention for hours. Yes. And you know that people are just going to be like, I think if I went to the cinema and watched Hate Flight, it won't surprise me at all if like, there's people in there that just start muttering between themselves yeah. or people start getting up and going out and coming back in and all that shit really winds me up. I'm like, it 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 takes away from the experience. For yeah. Me. Um. So I wouldn't watch Hate Flight in the cinema. I, don't, I, don't, I would much rather be on my own um, in a room being able to absorb it fully Yeah. with not with zero distractions rather than thinking if that fucking prick Russell's his crisps one more time I'm going to fucking bottle him <laughs> and I'm going to bottle him with that I've got to get the bottle off the prick that won't stop slurping that cup <laughs> I'm too tightly wound for it but if you know that's why I'll go and see I'll go and see you know, like uh, you know end game yeah because it's full on yeah the, most of the film is action so you don't notice it as much because we go to the cinema so rarely, it, it has to be a big, important film for us to go and see it. Yeah. So for me, I thought that that, that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was going to be that big, important film, and it, it just wasn't. No. It just wasn't. As much as I love it now, you know, I, I'm not sure I'd read a novel. Of, well, yeah, I would. No, yeah, I would. But for, for me to... For, for me to go and buy the novel just to investigate even more. Yeah, but you had to have seen the film first to do that. And not one part of you would have thought, oh, once upon a time in Hollywood, let's have a look what it's about. Oh, it's about yeah. the studio system in the in the in the, the downfall of Hollywood in the sixties and seventies. <laughs> I better go and buy a book about that and read it. But yeah. Simon, you can't read. <laughs> Fuck off. I can't <laughs> read out loud. <laughs> I'm only joking. I know you can fucking read. I can read I can read. I just I just I've never really have read out loud. I've never needed to. Yeah. Oh, we're going to soon. We need to do the signal. Then. Yeah. Too fucking right. Yeah. Got to. Um, but yeah. So, but, and it is fascinating because I, I thought, I thought it was going to lead up to, to the, to the Manson murders or the, or the lack of Manson murders. It literally deals with that in like the fourth page. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, right. So it's not going to end there. It, it, so it, it basically goes through everything else and it goes through a lot of the history of the people that, that that were in and, and I, I kept stopping and looking as like oh no that person is real oh and that did happen to them right okay yeah carry on reading <laughs> so, so it was 
it, it was fascinating to read it. I, I do recommend reading it at some point too. Yeah, I'll borrow it off you. Yeah. Um, so have, have you got any? Have, have you got any surprise quizzes or anything lined up? No. Oh. <laughs> I just thought if we <laughs> we better do something like that now. If all right, okay, all right, okay. I, if you give me if you give me two, it'll literally take me two minutes to do it. Are you, just writing, are you just writing down people's ages right now? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to How Old Are They, Ross? Insert jingle. Insert jingle. Insert jingle. Insert jingle. Insert jingle. What was my record for? From last time. Yeah, he did well last time. Okay, right. Uh, st- starred in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, Bruce Dern, so the guy that owns the ranch. Um, I'm going to say 81. Ooh. Uh, he's 86. Uh. Um, Scarlett Johansson, how old is she? Scarlett Johansson, uh, let's say uh, 43. 38. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, starring many, uh, not as many as you think, but uh, many Tarantino films. Uma Thurman, how old is she? Uma Thurman, 54. 52. <laughs> uh, not appeared in uh, any Tarantino films, as far as I know. Patrick Stewart. Where have you pulled him from? Um, Patrick Stewart's got to be in his 70s. 79. He's 82, Ross. <laughs> so, if you get this one spot on, you might get two points, okay? So, friend of Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen. 83. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> I knew they were around about the same age. So two points, two points there, Ross. Well done. Bloody hell! It's oh, just <laughs> shame about the others. I think if I got, I got that, I had a yeah, I had a good chance of uh, breaking my record with a two point yeah, there. You potentially could have redeemed yourself there. Insert jingle. Insert jingle. Insert jingle. Oh, I've got, I've got some, I've got some people that were considered for roles in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I forgot about that. Are you ready? Okay. Obviously, yeah. uh, Burt Reynolds. We've talked about uh, George Spar. Um, died during production. Was replaced by Bruce Dern. Um, Jennifer Lawrence was considered for Squeaky. Squeaky. Squeaky is the girl that is looking after George. Uh, right. Oh. Oh. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise was considered for Cliff Booth. I think that would have been an absolute waste of time. Yeah. Um, Charlie Day was considered for Charlie Manson. Right. Similar sort of look. Um, but didn't turn up for the interview because he didn't want to be associated as that character. Oh, okay. That's all I've got, Ross. 
And of course, um, thingy thingy uh, Hawk was in it, wasn't she? Maya Hawk. Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, st- I still think I still think the next film is going to be Kill Bill three, and she she's the daughter. Maybe. I think I think because it, it it pans out perfectly. It does. It's just whether he wants to do something completely different or go back to Kill Bill. I think he wants to do Kill Bill at some point. It, I'd like him to. Yeah. You know you're going to get something decent. With, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know yeah. you already know what you're going to get as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be quite nice. And it's what is Uma Thurman going to get killed off? Maybe that's the whole. That's maybe that's where it kickstarts from. Yeah. You know, maybe. Um, uh the 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 first lady that she kills in a kitchen her daughter goes to find Uma Thurman kills her so then Maya Hawk then goes to avenge her and tries to find her yeah what you mean the, the whole film is about her trying to find Uma Thurman yeah, yeah or, or maybe, maybe it switches and then it's um then it's Uma Thurman's daughter trying to to find um, what's her um yeah kill Beatrix yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or kill Nikki. She killed Nikki, the other girl. She is actually, isn't she? Who? Who's Nikki? The the daughter that watches her shoot her mum. Oh called, right, yeah. Called Nikki. Well, it's who's gonna win, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think that'd be quite a good showdown if it was just the two of them. Yeah, yeah definitely. Avenging definitely. the mother's deaths. Yeah, as long as he doesn't just try and repeat the formula, like, oh no, she went to this. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's dead, isn't he? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, did you know? Did you did you did you spot? You know the girl that sells Cliff the uh, LC, LCD. Sound system. <laughs> LSD. 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 Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Not you as well, please. Um. She the the girl that sells it is Beatrix. It's the same actress. Is Beatrix? Yeah. What do you mean? That's her. It's the actress that the the actress that sells him the cigarette is is the girl that plays Beatrix in uh, Kill Bill. Oh, the young the young Beatrix. Yeah, is she called Beatrix? Yeah, BB. Yeah, she's called BB. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's her. Ah. <laughs> and the girl that ends up in the car with um, Cliff. She's actually Andy McDowell's daughter. Right. The actress Andy McDowell in Four Wednesdays and a Funeral. That's her daughter. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got to mention the um, the famous Italian director. <laughs> Antonio Margariti. Margariti, yeah. <laughs> Is they one of the same from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Did, did you not find yourself wanting to see some of those films that he Yeah, he's definitely. Made? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looked like he went and had a good time in Italy. Yeah. All these Italian westerns. He's basically saying Italian westerns are shit, isn't he? Yeah. This thing is like it's a joke. Italian westerns are crap. Yeah. No one's gonna know who I am. Makes it makes a shitload of money. Finds a new wife. Puts full stone on. And yeah. uh, still hates it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So thank you for joining us on our journey uh, all the way through all of Quentin Tarantino's films, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been been quite a journey, hasn't it, Ross? 
I'm not giving it. I'm not giving it. Obviously, if he does a film in the next 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 little while, we'll we'll do a, a standalone episode just for that. Yes. Um, but we've got coming up next um, some Christmassy type episodes, haven't mm, we, Ross? My favourite. <laughs> Christmas. Yama, yama, yama. <laughs> so uh, the next one to come up is just us two. I went round to your house for the Allerton by uh, by water Christmas light switch on, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Singular. <laughs> Singular light. And then we've got returning guest Stuart joining us to talk about his Christmas. And then if we record it in time, what are we gonna do, Ross? We're gonna we've got another audiobook for you. Yay! And I, I, I won't spoil it. You'll see it when it comes out, if it comes out. <laughs> by the by the times of it, yeah. If if it works, that'll probably come out maybe Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. You know, originally, originally that they were that was a special program that used to be on every Christmas Eve. They'd, re- they'd make one of those programs um, for the for, for this for the thing that we're doing the book on that yeah. film that we watched the other week. Yeah. That was they used to show it quite late on Christmas Eve, and there was one of those for for years. Right, a different episode every year. Yeah, well, we we I always used to watch it uh, on Christmas around Christmas. Yeah. Um, not because it's particularly Christmassy. I don't know, just one of those things. It was just something yeah. that we made, decided we wanted to do. We'd, we'd go out on Christmas Eve and get smashed. And then before I went home, I'd go to his house and we'd get pizza and watch it. <laughs> so... And I'd walk home shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> Purposely standing away from the train tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello! Hello there! <laughs> Why? Just why no. did? You, why did you say those exact words? <laughs> That's words to that effect, I believe. Not to that effect, sir. Those very words, I know them well. You should just do it yourself, Ross. You don't need me. I would happily do it myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's... I'll just, I'll just sit here and go. Got that wrong. You can. <laughs> there won't be many. <laughs> you can release. I mean, I'm happy for you to release it on the Simon and Ross podcast platform. I should have been. It's just doing it on your own. But I mean, all other audio books are just one personality for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. So, yeah. So, even though we've spent 10 minutes talking about it, we've not told you what it is yet. Probably just in case it doesn't happen. Yeah. But I'll tell you, well, let's give a clue. It's a Charles Dickens story. Yes. In keeping with the last one we did of is it film. Is it set around Christmas or was it. Um, I think so. Film, yeah. In the film, there's nothing about Christmas at all, is there? No. No. Um, yeah, we're going to find out, Simon, when we read it. Right. Okay. Have you actually read it before? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah. I first read it in school. Right. Okay. And I had to analyse it in 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 the GCSE English, and then I absolutely loved it. That, that would have terrified me when I was a kid. I could have yeah, it did. That, yeah. <laughs> it did. It scared the shit out. Of me. <laughs> so when I watch it, it's probably from a very different uh, perspective than when other people watch it because yeah. I'm watched it in school and read it in school and loved it and yeah. thought bloody hell this is well scary this <laughs> and people watch it nowadays and they're like what the fuck is this <laughs> that's when I didn't even watch it she was like I can't be fucked with this this is crap <laughs> I mean, definitely not crap definitely not crap oh. it's, it's um, uh, you, you can tell the version we watched you can tell it, it was made in the 70s yeah that's all I think it. they would do a much better version of it now even if it had the same actors you know, if then it'd be just 
the, the, the budget would be a bit higher. The, the, the one that we watched, they obviously, they obviously managed to get a hold of a, a train station for a day and they just filmed it all in one go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easily done, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, so that, thanks for joining us on the Quentin Tarantino um, series and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And um, yeah, it'll be the last time I played this music as well. Bye. Bye. <laughs> shit.